All right, and here we are, back for week number two of the school year with a man whose favorite goalie in all of sports is Thatcher Demko. Hayden, welcome, and is that true? Yes. Wow. Um, no, it's – no. I wouldn't trade our baby. I, I'm going to say Carter's, of course, my favorite. Thatcher Demko's a close second, um, and he has a great name, and I think – that you're going to get the Carter Hart versus Thatcher Demko Stanley Cup goalie rivalry for the next 15 years. So I'm looking forward to it. 15 years in a row. Canucks versus Flyers, baby. Yeah. Wouldn't want it any other way. Um, and you start class this week, yeah? Yeah, classes started on Tuesday. How's, uh, what's it like over there? What's, what's the online classes like over at Rutgers? I mean, it's fine. It's I was supposed to have a class that met live on Zoom a couple times a week, and I decided I didn't want to do that. So pretty much everything I'm doing is on my own accord. I don't follow really any other schedule. So just been, you know, reading, writing a little bit. But, you know, you know the, the, the introduce yourself to the class posts, you got to do like oh. all of those in the first yeah. week. Oh, wait until you start losing your mind, man. Just wait. I can't wait for that. Oh, stru- there's structure. There's no structure. You eat it. You- you got anything that you ate since we last potted that you want to share with everyone? Um, I mean, I've had a lot of things since then. Um, but today we actually tried a new taco place down, down the street a little bit. It was good. That was got it? Some, uh, got some um, al pastor. I could talk about al pastor with that pineapple kind of pork. It was really uh, good. You know, I see where people like that, but... I can't do fruit and meat. I can't do fruit and meat at all. Oh, I can do fruit and meat. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So there, there's sports. There's a lot of sports, believe it or not. Um, speaking of goalies, huh, Andre Blake on the Union. No. Threw a curveball. The, the Flyers. I'd be remiss. I'd be remiss to not open about my fourth favorite team in Philadelphia that has recently become my first favorite team in Philadelphia, much like <laughs> everybody else. And um, first of all, I got this to say about Carter Hart, and I think you can attest to this more so than I can. Because I'm, I'm not a watch the Flyers every night. I'm not even a watch the Flyers probably 20. I don't think I watch the Flyers over 20 times each season. Maybe 20 if I'm, if I'm really, really, you know, but like I'm not watching every Flyers game. And even still, when I'm watching the games and I hear them saying, Carter Hart with an outstanding save. Carter Hart. Like, I almost have to, like, look like he's actually playing. It's just – it's one of those things sort of similar with Alec Baum, but I don't know, not as much. You hear this guy's name as, as a mythical creature more than you hear his name as an actual hockey player. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm not even as big of a hockey fan as you. Do you, do you get what I'm saying, though, about that? Yeah. I mean, and it's he's, – he's the one because it's, like, Philadelphia has been weirdly lacking in those, like um, – minor system mythical creatures but i think oh, yeah. the flyers like have some along the way but i mean carter hart was the biggest one and it, it's just like it's more of what you'll hear people talk about like why obviously it's because of the year like every year that i've watched the flyers in my life they've assembled incredible teams and just not had a competent goalie we you know our stanley cup sense. run you know well our stanley cup run the the game winning goal by um, patrick kane was snuck by michael layton like, that's just not a Stanley Cup winning goalie. Like, the fact that we got that far with Brian Boucher and Michael Layton was unbelievable. Steve Mason, the, the Briz and, and Steve Mason eras, and just, like, it just 
finally like our souls can rest you know what i mean we have and brian elliott's a good backup also i kind of kind of have to give the quick shout out to brian elliott um but it's just like finally we can sleep at night knowing that we have a goalie who's going to be around for a while and is competent it's just yeah it's magical he's magical i love him yeah i remember you saying to me in high school like what's wrong with you like give the flyers a a chance i'm like no man i got nothing against the flyers but i am just simply not going to watch a team that has steve mason as their goalie that was my exact phrasing there's no point because it doesn't matter how good they are if steve mason's your goalie i mean it's just it's just there's no point um yeah steve mason steve mason what what a joke what a joke um I missed the entire third period because after the second period ended, roommate Will Short comes upstairs. He goes, I'm hungry. Get McDonald's. You guys want anything? I'm like, ah, no, not really. Ian, roommate Ian, he's like, ah, yeah, yeah, I want a McFlurry. I'll tag along. My mind starts racing. I'm like, ice, ice cream, hockey, ice, ice cream. I need ice cream. I get in the car like a fool because I want to get a nice hot fudge sundae from McDonald's. You ever had one? No. Sounds good, though. It's delicious. It's, it's just delicious. I, we sit in that drive through line, Hayden, for I think literally 45 minutes. Oh, Listen to the brutal. entire third period on, on the radio. Yeah. Like, we left, and Will goes, all right, yeah, well, it's right there. We'll be back before the third period starts. We got home probably 10 minutes into the first overtime or so. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and you know what the beauty is? I didn't miss anything. I didn't miss That's anything. That's true. I saw the goal. I missed the first two periods and stuck around for the last three, two and a half. No. Oh yeah, more than yeah. You said uh, you said uh, I didn't I didn't uh, get back to that as much. You said uh, you had uh, what did you refer to it as? I have no idea. A celly excessive celebration. Party. Oh yeah, yeah. I did have an excessive celebration. We were all kind of hanging out, me and the housemates, and we we're just out on the porch, and there's just kind of like stuff like sitting around like a can of bug spray, just like some like porch stuff, some empty, some empty cans, like some water bottles and stuff. And there was just like some, they, it all like stands on a railing and we were watching the game and I watched, I was like, I was obviously like, Oh, that's, this is the shot that wins it. Right. It, it was so clear that we were going to win on that shot. And then we did. And as soon as I saw like the sticks go up, <laughs> Flyers players starting to celebrate, I jumped up and I just like punched everything off of the rail i was just like kind of like smacking things around and like yelling and uh knocked over my chair it was it was no it wasn't excessive celebration because it was called for like i stand by doing it it was just it was a bit destructive is all so it was it was like (laughs) you're watching the play play out and you're like oh yeah this looks good yeah and 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 you quick you do a quick like check this around because you know most people do a quick check the surroundings like oh i don't want to knock anything over you know you're doing a quick check like you're like taking inventory like yeah i can get that i think i can get that you know yeah like as, as Provi's like loading up the shot i'm like where am i like slow motion I'm like what am i seeing and the thing goes in and start <laughs> punching cans throw my chair backwards it was great it was so exciting because you know when you get to the double overtime, you've watched so oh, much. And like, God. It's like your reaction is, it's like a, it's like a bar and you, you like reach the full bar <laughs> after a period and a half. It's like, okay, you're fully loaded. Um, and then you just have to sell it. And yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Man, I, you know, I wish I knew a thing about hockey because I could talk for 45 minutes about the Flyers. But the, the problem is I, I don't. I, like, I, I'm not going to lie to myself. Like, I, I feel like they deserve more. They got game seven tomorrow. Like, 
You think they're going to play better? I, every game they've, every game I've seen them win, other than the first game they won, I feel like they just clearly look terrible. Like, they just yeah, I mean, did not look good. We got we got doubly outshot last night. It was like fifty something to yeah. high twenties. Um, but really, I mean, in the overtime periods, that was what I like. That was intense. They just played better. They just played good hockey in the overtime periods. They like they raised the intensity. The Islanders didn't really, in either overtime period, get like a oh my god. They got like one oh my god kind of chance where I was like okay the season's over. But um, I think they played. They they need they need more intensity. Like they need to play game seven like it's the end of the world because that's kind of how they like especially in that second overtime period. Yeah. Yeah, they were just full motor, and you you end up with decent shots from the middle of the slot when that happens and Provi buried it. And yeah, I, I have faith that they will channel it, but I think as was with the Canadians, the, the Islanders, I don't necessarily know if they're a worse team, but obviously seeding wise, you could say they're the underdog slash worst team. And like, they just play like with reckless abandon. Like they, they are quick checking. They're on top of the flyers. You don't give Kevin Hayes the opportunity to, you know, puck handle move from the neutral zone into the offensive zone. Like neither team has allowed the flyers to do that. So we've been trying to like generate chances other ways. And I think it's via intensity that like we can generate better chances. And I think that they'll come out and they should play game seven, like the stadiums on fire. You know what I mean? And I, I would hope to see that, but yeah, they're, they're great. I said in the last one, I don't want this season to end. I'd love for for them to keep playing and, and to advance, but They'll be around. You know what I mean? This doesn't feel like a, we lose this series. That's it. You know, that was fun. Pack it yeah. up. I, I do think we'll be around for a bit. So that's exciting. All right. I'm, I'm moving off flyers. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't keep it going for myself. I, not, not that I, no, I don't, not that I, nothing against flyers. It's just something against hockey. I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it as much. And well, we got one team playing game seven of the playoffs. Let's talk about, you know, the more important thing, the, uh, the mediocre Phillies looking like a contending baseball team. And, and more importantly, Matt Clentak clearly listened to our podcast last week. Yeah, we he got, heard we got me on call him. him out. You, you said you wouldn't accept the slander. I started slandering him and he said, all right, thank you. Thank you, Hayden Henry Winkler. Um, I'm going to listen. We got some decent pitchers. And then how did – First of all, every year, every year, the city does this thing where each team just doesn't stop winning. And, well, you know, well, I, I, bet, I bet on the Flyers last night, not because I thought they were going to win, because I was like, well, the Phillies keep winning. So, like, something, this happens to, our, this happens to the city every year. Magic in the air. Magic it all comes crashing air. down in really painful, oh my devastating God. ways. Pretty you know, much every I, time. and the crash down might be another. I'm, the crash down is going to be when we announce a coach, no front office tra- uh, changes, and uh, we make a oh, trade. But the we'll, Sixers uh, don't count. The Sixers are not a Philadelphia sports team anymore. Oh, okay, my mistake. <laughs> didn't uh, didn't get that memo. Uh, I've revoked. I've revoked their status. But um, yeah, man, the Phils. Uh, Bryce Harper just Bryce Harper asks. Bryce Harper receives. Nine out of ten, he says. Nine out of ten, they give him. Here's the thing. You got to listen to him. You got to I mean, come on. You got to listen to Bryce. You got to listen to Captain, Captain Bryce. And they went out and got the pieces. It's not sexy, but um, David Phelps actually looking terrible last night. But that's not the point. The point is they got legitimate players. 
I, I mean, look, I didn't comb over every single move, but I, they did not, did not give up that much. And when they made their first move, I think their first move was Heath Hembry, I want to say. Yeah. Was it Hembry and Workman in the same deal? I think so. Yeah, I think so too. And I remember hearing about that deal and I was like, I don't know, I was pissed. I was like, that's, that's, that's nothing. Like, that's not going to get the job done. Like, you're just giving away farm system for a throwaway season. And then the dominoes start falling. There's another deal. And then you get, and there's David Phelps who put up great numbers and he's, he's an MLB reliever. I just, all I wanted was MLB relievers. Just some guys. That's exactly what we talked about on the last podcast. Throw, hey. Just get us some guys, get us some options. Yeah. You know, what's crazy though to me, how is it that you like just watch a team they, they get, they have some 24 year old in there who's just throwing 99 miles per hour with tail at least every game. And I guess we had one with Sir Anthony, but like, where, where are the, like, why can't we find any of these guys? How, yeah. how hard could it be? Where are all the, where are all the high nineties relievers that we don't have? I would, yeah, I would like one. I, I, you know, I don't think Ramon Rosso throws that hard, but Ramon Rosso throws kind of hard and then has some serious stink behind it with some of his other pitches. I, I, maybe I'm just forcing myself to believe in him because of, because of you, but I liked what I saw from him. I wouldn't mind seeing him not? again. He's amazing. I'm, man, I'm fully convinced. And I said some, I had some uh, gripes with Joe Girardi on the last pod also. And I, I'm not going to say Joe Girardi was listening to the pod. He's just – he's got better things to do. It's obvious. He's a, he's a, big, he's a big boy. Um, but I think the biggest difference between Girardi and Kapler is nothing to do with making any, any moves. And it's about, you know, the team buying in. I think the biggest thing with me and Kapler is I've, – I've said it. I did like Kapler. But the bottom line is they asked Bryce. Remember, they, were like, they said something about Bryce about the curveball machine. And Bryce just like laughed at it. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't do that stuff. I think like, if anything, you know, it's just Joe Girardi's not <laughs> hyping up a curveball machine. Joe Girardi is just, he's just a manager. He's, he's a baseball head. And, you know, I did have a knee jerk reaction to some of the moves he was making, but ultimately you're seeing, I think we're seeing Joe Girardi now. I got, I just feel, I feel bad. I've been thinking about what I said last week and I just, well, I was going to say, we, I, I, I don't think it's safe to assume that Joe Girardi didn't listen to the pod. We, we saved the Philly season. Um, you and the idea that you motivated Joe Girardi to be better, but he also found comfort um, in me saying that we'd only played 24 games or whatever it was last week. And have we lost since the pod, Josh? Have we lost since the pod? I... Oof. We'll pull up the pull, pull up the up. schedule here. I think, I think they have, but so okay. As 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 good and great as uh, the Phillies are now, they have, they lost. They lost Sunday, the twelve ten game. Um, but anyways, oh, yeah, yeah, that was oh, yeah. so that, that was rough. Here's the thing about the Phillies, though. You you know you know the impending doom is literally starting tonight. In my opinion, tonight, as in we're playing the Mets tonight. You know, we got a series against the Mets who... We're going to sweep them. We're, we, I think we're going to get swept. Interesting. I we're going to sweep them. But, you know, here's what I'm thinking. Did you see any of their highlights from last night? Did you see anything from that last night or yesterday? Who, the Mets? Yeah. No. All right. So let me, let me tell you why we're about to get swept by the Mets. Tom Seaver. 
right. baseball legend, right? Childhood hero of my father's, rest in peace, Tom Seaver. Met, one of the few good things to ever come out of the Mets franchise. Daryl Strawberry. And Daryl Strawberry and Tom Seaver are on complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, no, no disrespect to Tom Seaver or Daryl Strawberry, but I do like <laughs> both of those players. So a tremendous loss for the Mets organization. And whether, whether these, these young guys really can understand that or not, that's whatever. But then you got, like, I don't know, man, Tom Seaver dies and the Mets come back against the New York Yankees with a Pete Alonso home run. That doesn't sit well with me because that's not something that the Mets do. That's not a Mets narrative. And that happened yesterday. We're going into this series where this is a time of the season for the Mets where it's like if they either sweep the series and they're back in it or they don't and they're just the Mets, basically. I mean, that's because they're like two or three games under 500. And the, the great thing and the weird thing about this season is 500 is going to make the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to get swept by the Mets. If not, we're going to lose most of the games by the Mets. And then you know what's on the horizon, Hayden. A seven-game series with the Miami Marlins. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. How many games of the seven-game series do the Phillies win? And, Two. And how many losses can you put on the bullpen? We go two and five, and three of them you can put on the bullpen. The other two, we're going to score one run and lose like three, four to one, something like that. Yeah, that Um, sounds about right to me. Yeah, so that that is impending doom. The the Marlins are much scarier to me than the Mets. Um, You know what, though, Hayden? Wait, were you going to say something there? Well, I was going to say that the Yankees are phonies and anyone could beat the Yankees. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's not special. The the Tom Seaver fuel, that could be one thing. You know, that could be be one thing, but I'm not worried about him. Um, Some miracle against the Yankees is is funny because the Yankees are terrible, phony, bad baseball team, not going to do anything. Savages in that box. Yeah, yeah. Gary Sanchez is bad. That's my only take about the Yankees. Savages in the box might be my least favorite thing in sports, by the way, since I was born. I thought it was I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, funny but it wasn't was supposed that? to be funny, right? It was yeah, no, he was like, like, like pe- no, people love that. People love that. And people were like, God, that's that's a manager right there. That's what he's supposed to do. And I was like, that is the stupidest. Thing yeah, it I've is stupid. Seen. I thought it was like supposed to be funny. Uh, okay, that's not true. But it's just like it's become so dumb and funny that it just feels like how could he have ever meant it seriously? <laughs> Savages in the box. God, yeah, Clint Frazier, real savage in the box. I like Clint Frazier, but that's not the point. That's not the point I'm making. Um, but you know what, Hayden? I got some. I got a hot take about this Marlins series. Okay. We look like the Phillies, and they look like the Marlins during the series. I, yeah, I bought into it week one, going into week one, because it's the Phillies and they're the Marlins. The the Marlins aren't good. That's the thing, man. The Marlins are a lot better than everyone expected this season. But at the end of the day, the Marlins are a bad baseball team. And they have just been out, like, nobody's, like, nobody's told them they're bad yet. You know what I mean? Like, they got a bunch of kids and some decent pitching and they're just they're stringing together some wins because they play hard. And I think this is going to be – I think this Marlins series is actually – this is the defining series in the Phillies' whole season. Right in the middle, 
seven games in a row against your, your kryptonite team. Like, why not? Why not win five games out of those seven games? That's my official prediction. Five out of seven right there. And I will say only one of the losses, if, if any, are the fault of the bullpen. I'm feeling dangerously optimistic about that Marlins series. I, I can see that. I understand. I feel less that way, but I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if we come out and like play well um, and beat them several times, but I'm going to stick with two and five because I think the flyers are going to advance and we're going to be riding that and be all happy and be like, okay, Phil's time. And they're just going to crash and burn when they get the Marlins. And then it's going to be like, that's going to be where the start of the end of the happiness is, is the Marlins series. Cause I can we're going to be that. fresh off a lot of division wins, you know, took care of Atlanta, took care of Washington. We're going to, we're going to body the Mets, the, the hapless, terrible Mets. Um, and then we're going to meet the Marlins and uh, it's all going to fall apart. Yeah. I mean, that's just how you draw it up. Did you watch the game last night? I did not get a chance to watch. I watched a very, very small portion of the game. I, we, yesterday was the sack fly, right? Was yeah. yesterday? Yeah, Alec yeah, Bohm yeah. sack fly to win it? Oh, yeah. I watched some of the middle innings, but I turned it off when we went down. Okay. And, yeah. I was, I was going to talk about the extra inning there. The extra inning that just brought so much life. It brought so much life to me, Hayden. It was... It was everything I was looking for and more in an extra inning. So, you know, for, forget about the first nine innings. It is what it is. Tenth inning comes around. Phillies throw Blake Parker out there, who, for some reason, every time I see him, I say this guy is unpitchable. Blake Parker's stats, I'm pretty sure, are 2-0, and maybe even 3-0 and this year, with a 1 or a 0 ERA. Unpitchable Blake <laughs> Parker. Blake Parker comes in. Does his job. No runs scored. Phillies come out next inning. And they bunt. They finally bunt. I, I have screamed into the abyss of Twitter over my anger at Joe Girardi for not bunting in similar situations. This time, <laughs> Didi, Notorious Gregorius comes up. Bunts, uh, who was on third? I can't remember. Bunts whoever's on second to third. Uh, Gene Segura comes up next. They walk him to get to Phil Goslin, which, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm over here like, oh, he, they're walking Gene to get to Phil Goslin. Game's over. Exactly. Game's over. What does Gene Segura do? Kick second. Boom. They walk Phil Goslin, which that made me so happy. Phil Goslin got the treatment. I never thought I'd ever see it, but Phil Goslin <laughs> got the treatment to pitch to Alec Baum with the bases loaded. And I think it was first pitch. It was JT, by the way, who tagged and scored. Okay. I just remembered you. it was yes, JT. Yes. So then, first pitch of that at bat, Alec Baum takes a high and inside fastball, like a, like a tough high and inside rising fastball, stays on top of it, drives it right to center field, pretty shallow too, just enough for JT to score, and the Phillies won the game. It was the, like, First of all, I don't like this extra inning rule, but like, I think it's great for a 60-game season and saving bullpen arms. Like, that, is, that is the perfect example of what you should do in the bottom of an inning with this new extra inning rule. And then to, to add on to it, you have your rookie third baseman, like your rookie prospect third baseman. He, I've said it before, he just, he's a veteran. He looks like he's been doing this for, for years and years. 
And just to see the way that he like went up to that at bat, knowing exactly what he had to do and he did it. Oh my God. It just made every time he swings the bat, it makes me feel better. Yeah. I love him. He does. He does just like, look, he just presents himself like a veteran. He plays like a veteran. It's like, Oh yeah. You're like young. You know what I mean? Like you're going to, you haven't been doing this for many years. Um, also, that's like your perfect inning, man. They they bunt, they steal, and then they do the aggressive tag. It's just like, whoa. It's my perfect inning. That's baseball. That's the Charlie Kelly. That's baseball, that's baby. That's baseball, baby. Um, always up. It's a Pete Saffron uh, specialty. Always send the runner. Just always send the runner. And, and I couldn't agree more. The chances that, that, in, that late in the game, like unless you got like a guy who you know has got a cannon, but like the chances that the outfielder is going to make the perfect throw – compared to the chances that like, like, like it's just this, the probability always says send the runner. I mean, like, let's like force him to make the perfect throw. I love it. Yeah. I love it. But that's, that's baseball, baby. I, I can't, ugh, I can't wait to. I Cause that's wait. one of those, if he makes the perfect throw and JT's out at home, like yeah. that hurts, but it's like. Throw your hands up. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you tried to win the game. Like, I'm not going to be like, okay, don't try to go win the game. Uh, yeah. I, I wish I watched it, but that was like, right as I was just doing class and I had all sorts of stuff going on. So I missed the start of the Flyers, missed the end of the Phils. You saw the importance. Bad stuff. look, but. No, I realized yeah, except, for the, except for the extra inning. I saw the goal. That was, a, that was all I needed. I realized yesterday that um, Sixers, I mean Sixers, Phillies 4 o'clock, Flyers playoff 7 o'clock is the perfect day of Philadelphia sports. It's, Eagles, it's lovely. It's very no, but, lovely. No, I'm not saying it's lovely. I'm saying it is the undisputed perfect day of like sports. Maybe if you threw in another sport at one, but I'm saying the Sixers make us miserable. Yeah. And if the Eagles are playing, it's just, it's all encompassing. Like the other yeah. games just really don't as matter. A Phillies oh four o'clock game is like, it's the opening act. Then they come out and bring out like Oscar Lindblom at seven o'clock and the crowd goes crazy. And there we are four and a half hours later, still, still going crazy. God. It was a good night. It was a good night because, you know, it's like if the Sixers were playing yesterday, we just ruined everything. Yeah, I wouldn't have watched. Um, but no, you're right. It's like, it, it was. It's it's perfect at this point because you're right. You can't. It, it, you know, if there was a Phillies game on when the when the Eagles are playing, I mean that's. Eh. I'm not going to yeah. watch that. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? I'm not going to watch I know the exactly what you mean. And, and, you know, even in a regular, like if this were, if life was normal, it would be like late season, you know what I mean? September Phillies, it's like high stakes. It's like, what am I going to not watch the Eagles game? And it, you know what I mean? Like, come on, don't be silly. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been perfect. It's, it's one of those, you, you really wish, you know, the stadiums were occupied. Like oh, we could go yeah. be down at this, at the, oh, in the parking yeah. lots and just like, you know, you got Phillies at one, get the party started, Flyers playoffs that night. You just know it would just feel so magical. Um, I think if there, if we were in person, the Flyers would have swept the Canadians. Like, honestly, like maybe not, but like just being able to like this Flyers team in front of a crowd for the playoffs yeah. would have just been, oh, well, that's what I was, that's what I was thinking too. Like, do you like just game seven in the Wells Fargo center tomorrow night would have been like, just, just, just picture this. All right. Picture this. It's game seven against the Islanders. And then they have like, like they have like Oscar Lindblom like come out right before puck drop or something like that, and and then that that's the tone, that's the tone setter for sixty minutes of hockey right there. Oh yeah, and and so no, no. it would have been over. You don't even play the game after that. 
that's like six nothing bro <laughs> um yeah and then you know up up in new york the the massacre of the orange and blue new york teams is occurring as the phillies are putting it on the hapless useless worthless mets and uh yeah it would have been fun would have been fun but uh I, you know we'll take it i'll take it it's it, i i don't believe in asterisks i don't believe in asterisks when if and when if the flyers win the stanley cup if and when no asterisk. That's a completed Stanley Cup run. Yeah, you know, I, none, of this, none of this phony, like, whoever wins the NBA Finals, even if it's the Celtics, like, let's say the Celtics win the NBA Finals, the perfect excuse for me to take a team I hate and be like, asterisk championship, I won't do it. Don't believe in asterisks. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Not happening. If the Celtics win the championship, I'll never accept it. Honestly, if, like, any of these teams win the championship at this point, I'm, I'm not. Unless it's the Milwaukee Bucks or, like, Unless it's the box, I think. I'm not, I'm not giving anyone any credit for anything. Um, nope. No, no bubble asterisks for me. Whoever wins, wins their championships in every sport, wins them and earns them. And I, I won't, I'm not even going to contribute to the asterisk conversation. Yeah, because you don't watch basketball, do you? I watch basketball. Did you watch, did you, did you watch the Heat game? Did you watch the ending? I did watch the Heat game. I, oh, I watched, my goodness. I almost, I almost wasn't even going to bring it up because I assumed you wouldn't have seen it. No, no, we watched it. Oh, I've decided I like Jimmy Butler. God. I hey. Hey, that's you can do whatever you want, man. But let's can we talk about the ending of that game? Yeah, I was I I, I was ready to denounce the sport. I'm sorry. I sound like awful. I sound like a boomer. I, I know it, but like that what whatever that was was just not basketball. As someone who has some officiating experience myself, <laughs> from being an umpire of DAA baseball when I was 13, I would have swallowed my whistle in those moments, like. The fact that the entire ending of that game, the fact, the fact that the entire like 45 seconds to a minute of that game was just all decided by officials' whistles is crazy to me. And you can like, like you can make the case that like, oh yeah, that's a foul. And oh, like he touched him. But it's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If this is like, when it's the shot to win the game, unless it's clearly egregious contact, you have to swallow the whistle. I, and then... Like, like, would you agree with that or no? I would, I would agree with it. I also, I mean, so the, what bothered me the most is, you know, I've gone back and forth with Doris Burke um, and like liking her commentary and also despising her commentary at times. I think what I realized is when the team that I like, like when it was the Sixers and Doris Burke was commentating, I just hated it. But watching her commentate like any other NBA game was like really fine. Um, and she got heated. She got, not really heated. She kind of gets into it with the rules. I'm I'm blanking on his name. The rules expert guy for ESPN. Who they and call I can in. picture him. I picture him in his and mask. He's like wearing a mask, even though he's completely alone. Yep. Um, <laughs> but like, and he was like, no, technically they're the right calls. And Doris is just like, yeah, but who makes these calls? And I was like, Doris is completely correct. You know what right. I mean? Like they were just terrible calls. That they were they were both bad. And just the sense of the sense of the Jimmy Butler one where it's like, okay, so he touched him yeah. and then Jimmy fell. It's like, the guy's like, yeah, that's, that's a shooting foul. But it's like, this is the NBA playoffs. It's like the last shot of the NBA playoffs. Like, don't. And I, like, it was so weak. It was so weak. It was Mickey Mouse. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. And, and, and hearing the refs, like, like the refs, because like, there's no one there. You can hear the refs, like, say everything. And the refs, like, using all these terms, like, that's a foul. We got a touch on the arm. Never. And I'm like, yes, shut up. Shut yeah. up. Like, yeah. come on. Like, 
Like, it's just, it wasn't a foul. It wasn't a foul. And I mean, the Jimmy Butler one wasn't a foul, but the first, the Drogic call was certainly not a foul foul either. Oh my God. Like if you, I couldn't, it was the, it was the model. He was a model citizen. He went straight up, held his ground and just, it was what on earth? What on earth? Yeah. I, I like, it was so fun though. It was so much fun. Like I was watching it with a group of people and it was just like, what is, it was just like, what is going on in the world of basketball? The sport we once knew is gone forever. <laughs> that's, that's exactly how I felt too. I texted my dad, like, how do you watch this stuff anymore? Like, like, like you used to watch like, like the, the, the 99 to 95 scores, you know, like. Your dad was a Dominique Wilkins fan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, my dad's like, what is awesome? I'm like, forget it, never mind. Yeah, my my dad's like, yeah, this is great. It's good basketball. I'm like, it's so soft. Dude, the thing is, it wasn't good basketball, but it was incredibly entertaining. It was like, it was like human drama. It was awesome. I I was not entertained by that at all. Like that, like that. Yeah, that started happening. I was like, this is stupid. This is ridiculous. Just let them play basketball. Like, like, it's just the the reviews are like fine but i think the reviews should really only be used for out of bounds and clock stuff i don't like it with fouls i don't like it in the nba i don't know i i really wanted jimmy to miss the first free throw like you know what i mean because like if you know he made the first one and the game ends but imagine if it just like came down to the second free throw i wanted that to happen so bad i was like I wanted him to just go out there, like sort of intentionally miss the first one and be like, let's see what happens in the game now. But obviously Jimmy Butler would never do that. Yeah. Nor would anyone probably yeah. in that circumstance. Well, um, I would, I would probably just for the fun you're not of it. The NBA. <laughs> yeah. That's the reason that's, that's the only one. No, but um, all right. We talk about NBA. We talk about that heat game. Um, We'd be, we'd be fools to bring up Jimmy Butler in any context without talking a little bit about Joel Embiid's tweeting. Um, oh, man. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. Start some – start it, Joel. Like, yeah, it was great. It was just like, oh, there he is. There's yes. That, <laughs> there's that guy that we know <laughs> demanding to not be on our team anymore. <laughs> oh, it was perfect. Because it's just like – there's so many people because I, you know what, I, I'm gonna be overly supportive of Joel because I know how, you know, I know how Philadelphia works. See, everyone's gonna just like Joel must have heard our pod too because I'm pretty sure I said he's gonna be the most hated athlete in Philadelphia history by the time his career's over. Yeah, you did say that. We really, we're good. We're scary we're good. good. We're pretty good, man. We're pretty good. We got some crystal balls over here. People should be listening to us. So, so Joe, so Joe starts tweeting that stuff. I, I right away retweet the I'm very unhappy tweet. I, <laughs> every time I see that commercial, I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is a lot more than gifts, buddy. This is not a Mountain Dew commercial. This is a, this is a cry for help. But he, he, you know, he tweets his line from the Mountain Dew commercial while he's live tweeting Jimmy Butler's every breath. And I'm just, I just retweet it like, yes, yes, sir. Let's just scream it from the rooftops how much you were screwed by Joshua Harris. You know, it's just, you know, it's just, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. This guy deserves better. Let's not waste his career. Uh, and, and I can't wait to be a Heat fan. Jimmy and Joe, I, let, I'm, I'm there. Like, I have convinced myself that I'll do that. That's going to be fun. Man, that's going to be obnoxious for me. Because I, you know, I... 
I hate you Jimmy. Not root for them. You're gonna not root for them together. I'm gonna, I'm gonna root for jo- like like Hayden. I, I, I the Thunder Rockets game. All right, I bet on the Thunder spread of six points, and every time Robert Covington did anything, I just lost my mind with excitement and happiness. Like I will hate the Miami Heat and I will hate Jimmy Butler and I might watch like 50 of their games just to watch Joel Embiid touch the ball. I can't do it. I can't root for him. I can't root for the guy who ruined what I love. That's what, that's what it came down to. No, he didn't ruin what you loved. <sighs> he, you're, you're shooting the messenger. I'll be a Jimmy Butler guy because I'm also sort of anti, like everyone remembers he was like, I'm up dribbling my basketball at 3 a.m. while everyone else is asleep. Like I hate, I hate, hate that like like jimmy butler yeah jimmy butler wanting everyone to like be like oh but then when he actually is playing i don't know so the stat they kept popping up the stat line it was like jimmy butler game one 40 points game two eight points and i was literally just like i remember that you know like i remember when that was our reality we had 40 and then eight jimmy butler um he i think he played a good game aside from not yeah, really scoring did. in game two. I think he played well. Um, he's just, he's a killer. Like, I don't, I get why people like him. He's a killer. Yeah, yeah. Real killer. Real and, killer. No, real but he's a killer he that will never have any rings, never actually do anything meaningful. Dude, they're going to beat the Bucs. They're not going to beat the Bucs. There's no chance. The There's they're no chance the, the Miami Heat win this series. Oh, you're really going to pick on, you're going to pick Mike Budenholzer to come back from this 2-0 deficit, the lamest loser face. Now, that guy will never win any rings. He has the best team in basketball. He will never win any rings. The Bucks would be smart to move on from him while they still can. No disagreements from me there. I, I, you're preaching to the choir there, but I know that the Miami Heat are a bunch of phonies led by the king phony of them all. So, uh, Yeah, I, I actually, like, I will not be like, I, there have been a lot of takes that I've made that are anti-Jimmy Butler. And I'm not going to like turn around and be like in love with the guy. But if he and Joel team up, I'll root for them. Uh, and, and the only one that I'll root against is Tyler Hero. Everyone else, I'll root for everyone on that Heat team. Such a baseless, like. Can't stand Tyler Hero. I like Duncan Robinson, though. We, we talked about Duncan Robinson last time. It's just, yeah. No, that's yeah. just a fun player. No, I, Bam I, I, Adebayo. I love the Heat. Oh, my God. As long as they got Kendrick Nunn on their roster, you'll I'll never yeah, see him. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Enemy, first enemy of the pod, Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, Kendrick. Well, he's a terrible person. He's the and, worst person. He, shouldn't, he doesn't deserve and, to play basketball. No, he doesn't. He shouldn't be in the league, and people celebrate him without – that's the thing. Like, people are like, oh, he's good, and then they like – What a great story. An undrafted player who made it big. Oh, do you know why he's like, undrafted? What, it's like, what a great story. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, he's the worst. I kind of forgot he was even on the team, to be honest. So maybe I'll maybe I'll save my heat love for when he's gone. I'm maybe. also just like assuming that Joel Embiid is already on the Miami Heat, and I'm just like rooting for them now. Wait, what, what's the draft pick this year? Well, I guess we don't know yet. Unless they have any picks? I don't know. I guess it wouldn't be that soon, but oh, I'm still hoping for the Warriors pick. Um we can't talk about basketball without talking about uh, Sixers coaching here, as we did a little bit last week. But uh, since last week, I have not seen – the only time I've seen Jay Wright's name in the news was when he, <laughs> out of nowhere, made a statement to say that he was not going to be the Sixers coach. 
Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was great. I, yeah. I not only thought it was good news, I thought it was good news presented in a way that I found funny. So that's a win-win. And then I have not really been seeing Becky Hammond's name in the news. I've been seeing one man, Tyron Lube. Yeah. Your thoughts? I, the thing is my knee-jerk reaction is hating it way more than when my brain starts to think about it. I mean, he coached in the NBA Finals. He... He led a team that historically was led by one guy. And now listen, if LeBron James wants to run his team back in the Cleveland days, then he can do that. But it was just like to kind of be like Ty, Ty Lue was like, no, I'm the coach. I'm the leader. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, I don't know if that worked. They obviously didn't win with Ty Lue. Um, but I think it could be a lot worse. Like it could have been, we could have, like anyone that's not Jason Kidd, yeah, that's a small victories. You know what I mean? So I think it'll be fine. I don't, I also still sort of think it's a smokescreen. I hope it's a smokescreen, man, because just listening to you talk, you were talking yourself into it right there. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if, if yeah, but I have to coach, do that because my only other thought is it sucks, but it's like, that might not really be true. You know? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, here's, here's what I'm thinking. One is what is Ty Lu's coaching experience really other than like like what what is like what has he done for me lately other than get thrown into one of the best assembled teams and then still not do that good with him i guess the team wasn't assembled that well but you got you you get lebron james and kyrie irving come on and i get what his role was there and and that's one thing dude he coached in the nba finals though like yeah i know the finals no, he didn't take – but I think Le, LeBron James took them to the NBA Finals. Tyron Lue was just the guy who got to put it on his resume. Like – Yeah, but – okay. Yeah, okay. It's still an important thing to have on a resume. I know, I know, I know. And I'm saying do it without LeBron James and then, you, then show me something. And obviously he can't go and do it without LeBron James and just show me it. But the other thing is the fact that it's literally Tyron Lue. It's Tyron Lue, the guy who got stepped over by Allen Iverson. Like, as far as Philadelphia basketball goes, Alan, that picture of Allen Iverson stepping over Tyron Lue is the closest thing that we have to an NBA Finals trophy. How can you take, like, the guy who's the butt of every single joke for 19 years and on posters of every kid's house for 19 years is the loser. He's the loser in every poster for 20 years now. And now you're just gonna, you're just gonna hire this guy and say, fix it, fix it, man. It's, it, to me, it is, it is Philadelphia sports and basketball blasphemy. Yeah, I don't know. Like I see what, I, I do get it. You it's don't a think funny it matters? Point. No, I don't think it matters at all. I think it matters, dude. I really do, especially with the media. What are we just people just gonna make memes of Ty Lue getting stepped over? Is that but like what's? Oh the, yeah. Okay, but okay, people made memes about Brett Brown. People will make you know, like the media's. I don't know. The media's gonna be do yeah. whatever they want to whoever they want. 
And, and you saw what happened with Brett Brown and the Sixers. You saw what happened with Gabe Kapler and the Phillies when the media makes it a circus out of, out of Brett Brown, I mean, of Kapler and stuff like that. And I'm not saying I, it's, it's The different. media goes after Doug Peterson still. We all said we would sell our souls for a Super Bowl trophy and the media still goes after Doug Peterson. It's so, their jobs. Yeah, and that's fine. But that's why like, I'm not really worried about that element. I am worried that you kind of alluded to it. He'll be the next scapegoat because the front office isn't yeah. going to change enough. He's still going to have to try to work with whatever that terrible front office puts in front of him. And it's going to be then the step over memes come in and everyone hates Ty Lu, And it's just like, well, we still don't really know if it was ever his fault. We'll never know if it was Brett Brown's fault because we stuck with the same disaster. So that's more of my concern. It's just like, I think that's, that's pretty much everyone's concern, right? Is, you're not going to address the actual problem. You're just going to like throw a bandaid on it exactly. and then hire a new coach. That, I mean, that's what I, I said. I disowned that. I, when I, I, don't, I stand by disowning that team until the team is sold and everything changes. They're not a Philly team. They might as well be Villanova. We might as well have hired Jay Wright because he's used to not coaching in Philly. Um, yeah. Send him to Chester. Send him to the Penn's Landing waterfront. Yep. Oh, God, I hate I hate them. I hate them so much. <laughs> I really do. What's, what's wrong? God, what's wrong with that team? What's wrong with those guys? Like, God, do they think they're good sports owners? Is my question. Clearly, I mean, I think they. I think they really love the move they made of uh, that, that that sports network they're trying to create. Uh, yeah. The the Devils, Steelers, Mets, Sixers sports network. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful web of what they were gonna. By the Steelers. What? You don't what what even is what even is that? And then also just like to to be so just not paying attention that you own a Philly team. Bad enough you also own longtime Philadelphia rivals. It's like we're gonna now buy the Mets. It's like great. That's awesome. Thanks. Just, let's just Thanks. buy let's just buy every team and write stories let, for them now too. Let, let's let's jump to a different sport and purchase our city's biggest rival. That's cool. I hate them. And I, I like, I'm starting to feel like I'm going to have a hard time condoning like the product that they profit off of. Like, I'm just going to not, I can't engage with the Sixers. They're not a Philly team until they're sold. And that makes me sad because it's not the Sixers fault. And it's like, Oh, I remember the glory days, but it's like, no, I'm not this. No, no, this team is dead to me. Team's dead to me. Get Joel out of there. As many wise people on Twitter have said, no one like you can't make fun of us anymore. I remember back in the first Celtics series, the five game series, the confetti series, like I would go on Twitter and the Celtics fans were just like, ah, man, you're terrible. They'd be mean to us. I'm like, it makes me so unhappy and angry. The Celtics just swept us. And even the Celtics fans are like, this isn't fun. You're all too miserable. And we're like, yeah, we hate our team. (laughs) You can't make fun of us anymore. We all like, and it's just like, how is the, how is this the leading attitude? It is a disaster. It's just a nightmare. I hate it. <laughs> I wish it wasn't like this. But um, yeah, get Joel and Ben out of here. I'm back on the trade them both, but only for their sake, not for the good of the franchise. So you, you just... I hate the Sixers. That's the story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how can you not? No, I mean, I hate the Sixers. I'm just... I just... Oh, my God. If you could, uh, if you could take one... Uh, if you take one... Uh, process guard who would you bring back from the dead isaiah cannon <laughs> that's not even like probably ish smith you know what i mean that's actually what i was thinking too ish smith probably ish smith but come on cannonballs 
cannon balls, man. You hated Isaiah Cannon too. <laughs> I did. I did. I uh, God, wait. What was our what was our fight over? It was Jeremy Isaiah Grant Cannon. and Isaiah Cannon, and you were far and away the winner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jeremy Grant's a great play. like one of the one of the process players I would take back quickly. Nerlens is on that list. Obviously, the top oh of the list God. is Robert Covington. Um, but Nerlens is on that list for sure. What we, a great player. You know what? Let's just – I want to talk about Robert Covington real quickly because he was the leading scorer for a playoff team in a, in a Game 7 game. And, and that's our guy. And that's our guy. That's <laughs> you know, literally our guy. It's just so stupid, man. It's, people are so dumb. Do you know how much hate – like, like – all, like half of the internet, half of Sixers internet was just hate Robert Covington. The yeah, other half of Sixers I remember internet that. Was just love Robert Covington. And I, why, why is there no punishment for everyone who hated Robert Covington? They should have to, everyone who said, if, ever, if anyone said anything negative about Robert Covington, they should have to do one hour of community service per tweet that they said negative things about Robert Covington. The city would be a better place. The city would be a better place. There's, you know, the trash cleanup has not been as as active around here, you know. Actually, I think it has been since, but when I first moved in, it wasn't. But there's still things we can do. You know what? We can start handing out masks to people. This is something we can do. If you, you know, like if you said something bad about Robert Covington, I think it's time to start thinking about how you can better the community because you need to pay. Yeah. There needs to be answers for these people who are just so offensively wrong. It's ridiculous. I can't believe it, man. I really can't believe it. Cause I, I, and I love Robert Covington and I said very, very good things about him. I don't think I ever expected this. Yeah. Like, like I was I just watching I the game in bewilderment out of all those times I've seen him spot up for those shots in the same situation and then just clank them. Oh my God. It's just, it, it makes me wonder something about the Sixers too. If they would just be a little more patient, like, I think the process and preaching patience really ruined them for a while because they, everyone was so tired of being told they need to be patient that they were just like, that's it. We're not being patient anymore. And, it, and that's what really ruined it because I just, if you just developed Covington like a little more, you, you got this for, for a, a dime. I mean, I'm pretty sure they signed him to a great extension. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, it always will be the what if. It always will be the what if. And, and, I, you agree with this, that, that no coach is, it's a, it's a bandaid slap on, like you said, there's no coach that's going to come in here and really fix anything. And, and what are you, are you just giving up on them actually making any front office changes? Cause I am. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. You know? Oh, Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. They go up and down the street. It's incredibly annoying. Um, but yeah, no, I don't have any faith that, that anything's going to get any better in there. I think, I think the team has to be sold for me to be satisfied with whatever is going to happen, you know? I just I don't think that the structure is going to change enough for me to be like, cool, we're, we're, we're on it. We got this. Well, would you want to organize something with me? Uh, that's intriguing. I sure. want to start whenever sports come back, whenever people can go come back. We should organize a sell the team night. We should, we should do more than a night. We should just organize the sell the team movement. So, I mean, I think that's getting organized already, but I mean, like, what if we like got a contingency of people wearing shirts and chanting? Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like trying to get a contingency to, to, to throw some thorns in 
some uh, some ownership, uh, you know. And who wouldn't want to do that? Who wouldn't want to do that? They just need someone to get some shirt ideas, and that's it. Yeah, I think uh, why wait? Let's let's do a let's do a pandemic crew and post up outside of Wells Fargo Center. And every time they try to get to their jobs, we're just hanging out there with our sell the team stuff. It's like good luck, good luck going to work today, and not not thinking just about all the people outside. Who's twenty. Like, like 20 year old kids like <laughs> people are trying to go like these 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 nice like marketing people are like trying to get to their jobs <laughs> no 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 we wait by the vip entrance we wait by the we wait by the door that the that the big wigs yeah. go in fair enough fair enough and we just sell the team yeah I'm, i would i would be all for i would be all for organizing the sell the team uh events whatever i'll 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 do it that would be so much fun. All right, Hayden. I mean, I think, I think that's it for me. You got anything else? <sighs> got a Flyers prediction? I know I'm not allowed to talk about them, but I want to say one, I want to say one sentence for my personal brand, and I'm going to force it into the podcast. I was following Twitter, all of our Eagles writers, all of our people, the day that they did the precautionary, Carson Wentz isn't going to practice today. And they send out the bomber, number two, Jalen Hurts. And apparently he was just slinging it. Um, he threw like a tipped pick apparently that hurt Jalen Rager on the tackle attempt. And that was Oof. just, that was a bad slant. But I will not acknowledge that. I will acknowledge he was throwing bombs. People were freaking out. Um, so, yeah, so we'll get lots of chances to talk about the Eagles in the coming weeks. Um, but shout out to genius draft pick. Um, amazing idea, incredible compliment to our franchise quarterback. Shout out to Jalen Hurts, King. Can't wait to see what he has this season. Hopefully we get to see him in some like weird trick play situations and not under the pretenses of Carson Wentz being hurt. Um, but again, we can address that later. I don't want to do Eagles if we aren't ready to do Eagles, but shout out to Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, I, yeah, I was sent Hayden a text before this. That's why I was saying, we're not allowed to. <laughs> We're not allowed to. I was just, you're telling me football starts in a week? Well, that's the thing. I was like, gosh, if we start talking Eagles, we're going to be here for four hours. Right. <laughs> because football starts soon. I, football, my take is this. Jalen Hurts, I have no takes on what you just said because you did call him a franchise quarterback. I'm not going to say No, 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 no. I said I, said I don't want to see him. I want to see him as a compliment to our franchise quarterback, oh, okay. not okay. as the replacement. All yeah. right. No, no, this, you will not get an anti Wentz take out of me yet yeah. <laughs> until the season starts. Yeah. But um, I will believe football is happening when I see it. I had a fantasy football draft last night with no research. I had a temple football press conference today. Um, and it was awesome. Uh, that that did have some research, but what I'm saying is, I cannot decide in my mind if I actually think football's happening or not. And to that, I just say, when there's football on my screen, I will believe it. Until then, I won't. I can't think about football. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's because I haven't really been like football. It's coming. It's just like well, one day I'm going to wake up and the Eagles are going to be on. You know? <laughs> well, there, there's going to be a day, there's going to be a day before that where there's going to be a football game being played. Like Thursday, next Thursday's opening day. Oh. Like there's going to be an NFL football game on TV in less than one week. 
yeah, yeah, that's that's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. I will believe that when I see it. That's that's all I have to say because I would love to sit here and talk to you about football right now, but I just I actually am also salivating, like just like chomping at the bit at the very concept that we will. Like, let's say the football season happens. Like, we'll get to talk Eagles. It'll be great. We'll get to talk I'm very Eagles, excited. Man. I'm very excited. We'll get to talk Eagles. And then when the Eagles are playing, there's not going to be any other sports. So we can spend, like, a full 10 minutes talking about Rasul Douglas's, like, tipped pass he had in the second quarter. Like, If he oh, sees the field this year. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's all I could come up with is – Yeah. Because yeah. I know, oh, oh, Cravon's hurt throwing Rasul, you know, because then if Cravon's hurt, someone else is hurt too. Yeah. Yeah, Andre Dillard. That's gonna. That's a tough oh one. Oh my god! That's All right, we got, look. Next next Friday, we're gonna do a whole Eagles preview pod. Oh, um, I'm ready. Maybe, maybe we can unveil some of the takes we had from one of the lost files of quarantine. Oh, we did I, the whole schedule, didn't we? We did a whole schedule preview, and then it just it never went out because it was hard for me to think sports. You know what I mean? It just yeah. Didn't feel right. Oh, and I think a lot of the protests came out like within that week and it just, it wasn't yeah, appropriate. Yeah, no, but there's going to be some good sound bites from that podcast. Um, and uh, if we can dig up that file and talk about, I'm sure I can get some Eagles takes going. I'll do some research. Cause I, you're right. I, it's time to shift. It's time, time to, shift, to gears. shift gears. It's, you know, we're, we're a week away from Eagles football. You got to get your brain there. You know, that's uh, unbelievable. So I'll be ready. I'll be ready. That's going to be a fun one. All right, you gotta uh, give me a, give me one give me one official Flyers prediction for tomorrow night. Um, it's not it's not gonna be. I'm not gonna don't I don't want to mistake that I'm saying this is gonna be an easy win, but I think the Flyers are gonna show up and I think they're gonna TCOB in advance. That's my. That, it's gonna be like a. You're you're not gonna have to sweat it out at the end. Yeah, I think we're gonna get a, a multi goal cushion and and just win the game. So. All right, uh, like like a. Empty, like pull the goalie with two minutes left, and then and they make it. And yeah, I'm thinking up, like yeah. we could be up like four two or something. Maybe make it five two on the empty netter. But we're gonna get. We're gonna. I think we're gonna play well and win. I'm excited, man. It feels good. I mean, this is it's, this is exactly what people talk about when they say playoff hockey. So, woo! Play, All uh, right, it's the best. All right, yeah, very productive. All right, same time next week. I will be there. <laughs> Wait, you gotta let me check my schedule. Uh, Friday, uh, yeah, no, still, still inside and still doing nothing. Looks like there will still be a virus by next Friday. So <laughs> Friday, uh, got an email from uh, COVID nineteen. Still here, still yep. here next week. So we can expect to be same time, same place. All right, I cannot wait to be talking about the Eagles and slipping in whoever the heck's name is talked about with the Sixers head coaching within the next seven days and just. Can't wait! I can't wait for fifty minutes of Eagles and another ten minutes of talking about Jimmy Butler next week. Is what I'm saying. Yes, I. I that sounds perfect. Let's do that. All right, thanks, Hayden. I'll see. Thank ya. you. Go birds. <laughs>